0: Pretty sure I started to get annoyed at you.
1: Probably did.
0: I think I did. I think I started to, yeah, I think I started to. Is that because
1: I chose a better topic and you're all shit? (laughs) No. You're talking about like popcorn, you fucking weirdo.
0: You've chosen to take a front row seat to be a fly on the wall in our relationship therapy sessions. And this week, you are going to understand my view versus Griffo's view. But a massive shout out to our sponsors, kitchenlanguage.com.au. If you haven't jumped on and stalked them... Please do use the code for free shipping. It is love. What have you got
1: there? Yeah, dickhead.
0: <laughs> hey. oh, okay, so he's just bought in a bit of the merchandise. Um, drunk, see you next Tuesday is one of the stubby holders. And then this one, you've called me a dickhead. so dickhead.
1: yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
0: This is the kind of fun stuff you'll find at kitchenlanguage.com.au because... I mean, let's be honest, when your partner's pissing you off and that's why you're all listening to this podcast because <laughs> you try to save your marriage like we're trying to save ours after having children, sometimes you need to just have a bit of a wall with them.
1: Love a bit of friendly banter in the kitchen mm. as long as you're cooking.
0: <laughs> and their tea towels, all about moist. So anyway, check it out, <laughs> kitchenlanguage.com.au. I'm excited about today's episode because we've asked people to come inside. They're a fly on the wall.
1: Oh, come inside. Are we still talking about kitchen language? (laughs) No. Oh, sorry.
0: Come inside our house, take a seat and be a fly on the wall or take a front row seat and sit on our recliners and actually dive deep into our relationship whilst diving deep into your own as well. And we are recording these therapy sessions. You can watch them in full, do the homework like we're doing with fish Every single week, it's all in the show notes. So it might seem like it's work because you've got to work on your relationship and do homework. But I feel as if I've already seen huge changes within both of us on how to communicate with each other, our son, and the relationships around us.
1: I do feel at times you're like, shit, there's so much work to do. But also I think looking at it from a, a perspective of like just small bits here and there, build up to be like the one 1%ers. Is- Mm. And that's probably the biggest take that I'm getting because you are a bit like overwhelmed with, wow, this is so much. But if you can take little bits and pieces day in, day out, you'll find that that will just become natural, build up to be 10%, 20%, and then hopefully, you know, get really good at it.
0: And some people say, don't they, like, oh, I don't need to change or this is who I am. This is who I am. Does this sound like anyone's husband?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would never say that.
0: (laughs) And. What you realise is when you start to change, life is easier. That's what I think. It's like if for you and your partner, like you're not having these big bust-ups. You're actually hearing each other and going like, oh, okay, yeah, I see it from your perspective. It's not just fucking one way, my way or the highway like me or you would think at times. I think it's It's, called
1: communicating.
0: It's called communicating. (laughs) And this is the biggest issue in every side, everyone's relationship, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I think we do get caught up in a lot of um, external noise and, yeah, when you break it down and just talk one-on-one with your partner or having a mediator there, it makes it all make sense. Mm. Like you can just really break it down and you just take away that sort of chip on your shoulder or she's always like this or he's always doing that. Um,
0: Wait, do you always say she's always doing this? Like what? I have it's been an pulled example. up for <laughs> that. I
1: definitely have been pulled up for that. <laughs> I yeah, think you've done things consecutive in a couple of days, it feels like it's always. So. Yeah, and
0: it's like, fuck, I haven't done it always. I've literally done it twice.
1: Maybe just, I don't know, righto dickhead back to, the, uh,
0: <laughs> okay. back to the holder. so anyway, as you've heard, Fish is our relationship therapy communication coach. He's yours too. And when we sat down for this therapy session, I didn't expect him to really explain so precisely an example of something that happened in his life that made me go like oh shit you think sometimes you're doing the right thing by someone
1: inadvertently
0: inadvertently and then they've received it in a totally different way which happens a lot in relationships right you think you're doing something nice
1: but received completely wrong 180 degrees to what you had sort of planned
0: Yeah, and what I loved about this is kind of like his overall view of relationships and how my view versus your view is perceived totally different.
1: It's pretty mind-blowing when he broke it down and you're like, yeah, they both had this cool idea of what was going to happen, but it ended up being the complete opposite. Should we? Outroll it out.
0: Yeah. Shall we listen to it?
1: Let's do it. Um, I'm going to introduce you to a tool that will become
2: the very centerpiece of how we'll work from here on in. Um, And just as a little introduction, I was running on the beach in Sri Lanka um, when I was there for a couple of months and every morning just before the sun was up. So it was like that grainy dawn light running along in the, as the, as the waves kind of washed in and out. And in that kind of, you know, in the wet sand, in that sort of high tide mark, there were crabs scuttling everywhere. And one morning there was a particularly large crab and it was beautiful. Like I saw it from quite a distance. It was so much bigger than all the other crabs. And I, I ran, I was running up to it and just thinking, wow, what a beautiful crab. I haven't seen any big ones here. And I was particularly careful not to run over it. So I veered off my trajectory back sort of away from the ocean slightly, just a couple of metres, and was looking at the crab the whole way. And the crab saw me coming and took off in the opposite direction towards the waves. And then the, the crab got carried in the waves straight underneath me, under my foot, and I stomped on the crab and killed it. <laughs> so so this is a story of actually, this is, this is the truest teaching of karma that... Karma really is the teaching that every action has some impact, right? Everything I do and everything I don't do creates some impact in the world. A lot of the impact that I create is associated with my good intentions. For example, if I give you a gift that I've really thought long and hard about, and I've really got into your world, you'll love the gift. So there's the action I've taken of giving the gift and the impact, the positive impact that I've had of you going, oh my God, that was really thoughtful. But here's an example of where my good intentions have created an unintended impact. I have veered off the path. And in my veering off the path, the next situation is that the crab is under my foot and stomped on. So have you ever had the best of intentions in your relationship and said or done something and it landed really shit-shaped over there in their world? Another funny little example I give of, you know, have you ever, do you remember when you were young and you were in a share house And you would get home at 2 o'clock in the morning and you knew everyone was asleep. You might have brought someone home, not wanted to wake people up. So you tiptoed into the kitchen and been really careful making a cup of tea, but you were trying to be so careful that you actually broke a glass and everyone woke up. (laughs) So you've had had these positive intentions and you've created this negative impact. Mm -hmm. So in conflict, the mind makes this unconscious assumption that, Because we had good intentions, because we were just trying to help them see how upset we were or we were just trying to, you know, bring light to a situation or we just wanted to be listened to or, you know, we just wanted our experience to be heard, because we had such good intentions, they should just receive it as good. That's an unconscious assumption. Because I had a good intention, you should just receive it as good. And the fact that you have some upset with me, based on what I did is your shit because look at how good my intention was. So do you understand that the unconscious assumption, because my intention was good, it should have landed some good way over there. And if it didn't, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually fairly popular out there in the world of pop psychology. It's like, your, it's not your shit. It's their shit. That's kind of peddled widely. <laughs> um. So that's assumption number 1. Assumption number 2 is have you ever received some communication from someone that done something or said something and left you feeling hurt or misunderstood or criticized or put down or excluded? And the mind makes this unconscious assumption that just because the impact on me was negative, they must have had ill intent. Because look at what they did and look at how much pain it caused me, so they must have been hurtful or controlling, or a bully, or a narcissist. That's the new favorite out there. Mm -hmm. So any situation where I've been hurt by someone doing something or saying something means that they must be hurtful. So it's the opposite assumption. The negative intention is, is the negative impact is what we need to focus on, and they must have had ill intent. So, in the work that we're going to do, we're actually going to break down both of those um, erroneous assumptions that the mind makes unconsciously, in favour of mutual understanding. So, I'm going to bring up. First of all, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna illustrate this tool via a story in my life, and I'll choose the story of my um, my daughter when she was turning 13, and my wife and I had separated just prior to my daughter's 13th birthday. But it had been long enough for us to feel, my ex-wife and I, that we could do a joint birthday party for our daughter. So we came up with a plan of having a surprise birthday at her favourite Chinese restaurant in Fremantle. But I said to my daughter, well, you know, it's just you and me for dinner. You know, I'll just take you to dinner. It'll be a really nice, cruisy time. What could possibly go wrong, right? So I take, I take my daughter to the restaurant and I open the door for her and she walks in and it's a busy Friday night and straight in front, up the back is a huge table with all my ex-wife's family and all my family on it. And my daughter freezes and spins on her heels and her face is white and there's tears in her eyes and she says, I effing hate you, and she storms out of the restaurant. And that's a moment of conflict for me because that's not, surprisingly, that's not what I'd planned. (laughs) I hadn't woken up one morning thinking how could I create upset for my beautiful daughter to celebrate her 13th birthday. It wasn't in my plans.
0: So do you think that happens much with us? Like we, you know, you're, you've are you done something with the best intentions and then.
1: I don't think it happens much. Like the story that Fish told seemed to be quite significant, you know, but probably here and there on not as big a level, yes. I mm. can't think of a, a, you know, time off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, I think it does happen and it probably doesn't blow up into much, but you go like, oh, that's a bit of a dick move or something, or you're like, oh, why do not you see it my way, you know? So you mm. probably have it more on a, a lower, like, uh, intense level, but does happen probably, yeah, every now and again.
0: So as you know, we've been learning about the conflict mind and Fish really talks to us today about the importance of seeing the overall view of relationship visions.
2: Normally, if we're locked in a fight dynamic, if you and me are arguing, my biggest commitment in the heat of the moment is to not be made wrong by you. That's my unconscious commitment is to be right and not to be wrong. And so we're actually creating a bigger conscious commitment to say, I'm going to let go of the notion of fighting about right and wrong. Because actually what I'm really committed to is that you and I get understood.
0: Yes. Okay, cool.
2: Bigger, bigger. Conscious commitment to mutual understanding instead of the unconscious commitment to winning the argument.
1: <laughs> yes. Trying to get rid of the what you just normally sort of respond.
2: With. Yeah. yeah, because we just unconsciously get locked in our view versus their view.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: Why can't you see how upsetting, how dare you, you should have this, I can't believe, you know, it's all my view versus your view. And the, the vision idea is I'm going to step outside the me versus you picture for a moment and just remember that there's an us that I'm committed to much bigger. My commitment to us is much bigger than just to, like, keep on having this fight. Yeah. yeah. So do we need to take a break? Is there anything you need to speak to me about? Is there anything I need to be heard about in order for us to reach understanding?
0: Now, this is where things got Interesting, and you can check out these four truths the tools that fish goes into in our show notes. So we sat there and we had to understand all the different ways that we yearn. Yearn, it feels very old fashioned, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) That's right. I
0: yearn to be heard, I yearn to be seen, I yearn to be,
1: yeah,
0: all of those things. So I actually found it really interesting after we did four truths and we did this session with fish. Your dad dropped our son off because it was a Monday. They have our son on a Monday. And you were blown away by what you learned in this session. Like you were in the kitchen telling your dad about what you just learned.
1: It's pretty um interesting actually go- going through it with dad because dad's obviously a lot older than me. And I think just him understanding um, doing the work that I'm doing is quite abnormal for him. And obviously he's going to go back to, oh, you don't need to do all this and that. And i get it because that's just how he's been grown up or brought up, you know, it's his generation. But yeah, you sort of get quite in- interested and, and invested in looking at trying to better yourself, better your relationship. Like you said, you don't want, you want to be on the same team and understand each side. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone all the time, but that communication and really understanding uh, one another's perspective is really important. And I think that would be the key to minimize your arguments, but also just understand one another. So you go, oh, yep, yeah, that's just where she's coming from. Don't have to agree with it, but understand it. And that, I think, in itself will just help bring everything down, you know.
0: And did you like the example that we did? Uh, you know, I think we went back to Japan
1: Yeah, yeah, and and that's, you know, we laugh about it because it was such an old thing and it wasn't, it's not like I hold on to it, but it was, you know, it could have been.
0: It's not like I hold on to it. We said this before, but you're bringing up shit that was from 10 years
1: ago. That was the fork in the road. It could have gone one or two ways and here we are 10 years down the track. But, um, yeah, it was just something that came to mind because I don't really feel like I hold on to things constantly, but in the moment of those arguments, it fucking hurts you know it really does and we both feel it we both sit in it and we just want to go back to how we were half an hour ago before the (laughs) argument but sometimes yeah it takes a little while to get over it but once again that talking about it afterwards um helps patch and you know get things back on track
0: well if you want to listen to how we went in and delved into japan to see it from the different perspectives you can have a listen now
2: so in session one we saw That the mind naturally habitually and unconsciously leads us into a state of opposition where there's a me versus a you so in this session we're going to start to take hold of a tool that i call the four truths which will over time enable us to dissolve opposition in favor of mutual understanding So I want you to grab a piece of paper and put a line from top to bottom and a line from left to right so you've divided the page into four quadrants, a bit like the square window in play school. And in the top left, write what I was yearning for. And in the bottom left, write the pain I was in. And in the top right, write what they were yearning for. And in the bottom right, write the pain they were in. And just quickly, an overview of these four truths. If we go back to the top left, what I was yearning for is really what I wanted, what I was hoping for, what I was trying to achieve, my intention, and what I wanted to feel in the situation. The bottom left is the upset I experienced what it left me feeling and the impact the moment or their behaviour had on me. Top right is what they might have been yearning for in their tender heart, what they'd actually wished for, what they were wanting and what they were hoping to feel and in the bottom right quadrant is the pain that they might have been experiencing, what they might have been left feeling and the impact the situation may have had on them
1: get stuck into it. So I'm going to touch base on the scenario that happened with me and Heidi, uh, probably a few months into our relationship, Uh, a snowboard trip in Japan, away with uh, some mates looking forward to just a nice time getting away. And then I had um, several messages and calls from Heidi. So, and and that upset me. I guess that's the uh, the very watered down version. But going into the steps, which one do we want to go with first? What? Just
2: before you do, just before you do, uh, the the very heat of the moment really came. I think, uh, according to my memory, was when Heidi was like, you know, why aren't you answering your phone?
1: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So she she wanted that validation, and I wasn't there. I was just giving. I was just not answering. Um, so she was thinking, you know, what's yeah. the up-
2: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So let's start with just, we can start with any of the four quadrants, by the way, whenever we practice using this tool, but let's just start with that statement of hers. Which of the quadrants, and I'm open to either of you guys answering this question, which of the quadrants is she speaking from when she says, why don't you answer your phone?
0: The pain I'm in. Yeah.
2: So yeah. she's speaking from the bottom right quadrant. Yeah. As as you use this tool, Griffo, you're populating the bottom right quadrant with what's behind her statement or accusation. Yeah. So what might she have been feeling that you would never have wanted her to feel?
1: So the pain that she was in, I found, was um, uh, feeling insecure, um, felt not supported or loved, dismissed. Um, maybe cheated on
2: beautiful and underneath what would the feeling underneath the analysis of maybe i'm being cheated on what's the feeling underneath that what's the emotional sort of basis
1: sadness empty um yeah used
2: yeah fear yeah yeah deceived perhaps
1: Yep. yeah Beautiful,
2: lovely work. So amazing that you're able to tune into those that pain in her and let it be ridiculously distinct, like outlandishly distinct from what you'd actually hoped for because unless we let your yearning and her pain be distinct, then you're going to fight her on that. You're going to be like, no, I'm not. How dare you? You have no right to feel insecure. That means you're thinking I'm doing the wrong thing and you'll just fight for your yearning to be understood instead. So let's go into the top left quadrant. What uh, were you yearning for?
1: Yep, uh, feel free on holidays, not to have any worries, relax, no arguments, just, uh, just be free.
2: Yep, beautiful.
0: Is your love language gifts? If so, kitchen language has the gifts that are sure to make your partner giggle. So we are very serious in this relationship series and we are uncovering playfulness as we dive into our relationship and give you front row seats. And our sponsors are kitchenlanguage.com.au. Use the promo code LOVE for free shipping. But just jump on and stalk the fuck out of Kitchen Language for your next gift. Because this one, I just said to Gruffo, would be the perfect one. We actually don't have this one yet, but I'm I'm thinking it might be a goer. Uh, So their aprons start at $39. How would you feel if I rocked up with the... Bitch can bake apron.
1: Well, I actually feel like <laughs> you're starting to, you know, fall into that category. You really are excelling, so that is going to be maybe your birthday present.
0: So jump online, kitchenlanguage.com.au, and don't forget to use the promo code love for all of our first-time parents listeners, and you will get free delivery.
2: And what were you hoping for behind? Um, because the the probably the difficult aspect of your behaviour for her was not replying, am I right? Yeah. Or or the time it took to reply or the nature of your reply or something in that realm. So what were you yearning for? What was your beautiful tender heart yearning for behind um, the replying or not replying that you did? Um, So... Because it's always valid. The heart yearns for wonderful things. What might have had you not be on your phone all the time?
1: Oh, I mean, I was with my friends on holiday. I think you should yeah. put your phone down and um, sorry, your phone down and to spend time in the location that you're at. I guess being uh, present.
2: Yeah, beautiful. So, see, you're yearning to be present with friends and to be kind of disconnected from phone and a sense of freedom and presence. There's your yearning, and at the very same time, coexistent is Heidi's pain, which is feeling perhaps unloved, unimportant, dismissed, unresponded to, fearful, maybe even verging on worrying about feeling deceived. See how they coexist? Yeah. And normally the fight goes, you would say, Hey babe, I'm just trying to be present with my friends. And she would be like, Well, why can't you bloody reply to me a bit more often? She wants to speak from her pain and you want to speak to your yearning. Can you feel that? Mm -hmm. And in the face of that, that conversation, things always go more shit-shaped because the more Heidi wants to speak about her pain, the more, Griffo, you must feel like she doesn't see your intentions. And the more you want to say, hey, babe, I'm just doing lovely things. I'm not a bad person. The more she feels like you don't give a shit about her pain. Can you feel it there? And that's, by the way, that's the mechanism by which every conflict on the planet escalates, is one person wants to talk about their good intentions and the other person wants to talk about the pain that of the, the impact. Lovely. So let's work with the other two quadrants. You're nailing it, Griffo. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh, which one are we going for? Well,
2: what was it like for you, bottom left? What was it like for you that... You were trying to be present with friends and you wanted to feel free and you're also committed to no arguments. And by the way, if you go deeper into the top left quadrant, I also imagine you wanted your woman to feel loved, (laughs) you know. And there she is, out of your view, feeling all these other things and then the accusations, her analysis based on her pain is coming at you. What was that like for you?
1: So I felt angry, uh, a bit mistreated, and and did make me want to run from the relationship. Being, you know, quite a decent argument at such an early stage in our relationship.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. What's the, what are the feelings? And I'll always do this to you. Sorry, I'm a bit annoying, but like the emotional essence of all of these four, four truths is where we're, where we're trying to touch right into. What were the emotions onto wanting to run? Was it, like, doubtful, fearful, hurt? Yeah, doubtful.
1: Do it? If it's going to be like this, is it going to work?
2: Um, yeah. Like a bit sort of hopeless or...? Well, um,
1: or just if, if if the relationship's got off on that foot at such an early stage, I don't you know. know
2: to that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I'm into it. So did you feel accused?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, of um, you know, because I couldn't give her what she wanted, but you know, obviously, I felt the same as well. She couldn't give me what I wanted. That was to be sort of free on holiday, not being bogged down by a phone. Yeah, so, but It's very valid. You know, it's it's no right or wrong.
2: Yeah, beautiful. So accused, angry, mistreated, a bit kind of like doubtful about, and um, probably misunderstood in your. See, part of our pain is always that our yearning gets to be misunderstood. In the heat of conflict, our, our pure intentions, when they're not seen, it contributes to a feeling of hurt in us. It's like, how dare you not see the goodness in me? How neat? How do you not see what I'm putting into this relationship, how thoughtful I was trying to be, how considerate I was, how I didn't want your upset? So part of our pain is always that our yearning does not get seen. Let's go up into the top right quadrant. And let's So top right quadrant is critical here because until we get curious about what their beautiful heart might have been yearning for behind what they were doing, before we get curious, our mind just invents an ill intent for them. Might sound something like um, she's being unreasonable she's being accusatory she's controlling me she doesn't care about she doesn't she doesn't seem willing to appreciate my intention she's not whatever so there'll be some ill intent that the mind invents which is based on our pain so instead of just believing that ill intent we get curious about what their beautiful heart might have been wanting to feel behind what they did or said. So what was she yearning for? What was she yearning for behind the message? Bloody hell, Griffo, why can't you fucking answer your phone? (laughs) Not um, not that that's what she said, but.
1: No. um, Well, it might have been. (laughs) might have been. might Um, have been. No, she she was yearning for love, commitment, to feel safe and to be told all is okay. Yes. So I'm sure if I just said something like that, I'm sure it would have just. Oof, gone away
2: yeah but interestingly like you your capacity to meet her in her pain is compromised by the fact that you're trying to defend your intention and this is what naturally happens this is part of the mechanism of conflict is that every time someone so my daughter says to me dad how dare you what a stupid thing to organize i can't believe you did this to me i'm immediately defending my intention can you feel that immediately I don't choose that stance. It just happens in my nervous system immediately. You know, just the same as if I, if you were, guys, for 10 minutes late for this call and I started by saying, why, did you, why were you 10 minutes late? You would immediately feel a little bit like you had to defend some goodness in you rather than being seen as the villain, right? So it's a natural tendency for us to get defensive. So I just want to validate the fact, Griffo, and I'll do this to all, all human beings until I die, validate the fact that you got defensive because you were defending something. What was it? It was the fact that you had an intention other than to cause your woman upset. And she naturally wants to talk about her pain because that's how she gets to feel loved by you. That's how we all get to feel loved by one another. We need our upset scene to feel safe, to have emotional intimacy. So she's wanting love. She's wanting to feel loved. She's wanting to feel safe. She's wanting to feel reassured. She's wanting to know that everything is going to be okay. So there we are. We hold these two quadrants, the top right and the bottom left, as equal, equally valid, and yet they absolutely don't make sense together. Can you feel that? They absolutely don't. Like, look what she's yearning for. She wants goodness for her. She wants reassurance and stuff. And the way she's going about it, the particular action or words she took, land on you as feeling accused, angry, mistreated, doubtful, and hopeless or some variation of that. And those two things coexist. And so we're just getting masterful at tuning into the fact that all four of these quadrants coexist in any single moment of relationship upset that has ever happened since the dawn of time, actually. And learning to take this view of relationship upset will completely start to transform your understanding of the truth, and then we can skillfully tend to the truth. So we're kind of running out of time, and, Heidi, I might just ask you to share your uh, what you come up with the next time we talk. <laughs> but I just want to kind of point to these the benefits of each of these four truths. So what's it like for you? I'll ask you, Heidi. What's it like for you to start to bring loving awareness to what you were yearning for in some moment of upset with Grifo?
0: Yeah, I was... I did. There was a moment where I started to like when he was saying his stuff, I was like, shut up. <laughs> I started to feel like angry, like it took me back to anger.
2: <laughs> yeah, when he was sharing which quadrant,
0: like when he was talking about, um, oh, it just so pissed me off. Like I wanted to run, like I was like, fuck off. Like, how can you not understand? Like, that's what you might hear. Like, I can't yeah. you're still saying that you wanted to run. Like, it made me feel insecure again. It made me feel scared that maybe that's why i constantly always have this thing in my head that he might leave you know what i mean
2: yeah so so one of the one of the things that you're pointing to is the fact that we we find it very difficult actually to be present to anyone's pain mm. and you'll find you'll notice also in this process we find it quite difficult to even articulate and be present to our own pain mm. In future weeks, we'll look at what what we know how we normally respond to pain, which is anything but just bringing loving awareness to it. But this pro- process is about bringing loving awareness to my pain and your pain
1: mm.
2: and your yearning and my yearning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I felt like, um, like I understand that he would be angry. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, my, my logical brain's like, oh, yeah. But then I'm like, when he says the run thing, I'm like, Why would you say
2: that? Like, you know? Yeah, that's a good indication of how, because when he says wanting to run, that's kind of his analysis.
1: Mm, Can you hear that?
2: But underneath is the emotional experience of fear and doubt.
0: Yes, which was bringing up my fear and doubt.
2: Of Of course. Yeah. So we're becoming, in this process, we're becoming skillful at speaking to experience. Um, instead of what we normally do is we speak analysis.
1: That's is that because t- I t- chose t- a better topic and you're <laughs> <be> shit? <laughs> no. You're about, like, uh. popcorn, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> 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 oh. so, I actually got pissed off because you annoyed me on my holiday. You got angry because I said uh. you left the popcorn open.
0: It's so interesting when you start to do this work into how much you actually really go into the conflict mind constantly and how you rarely ever step into the other person's perspective. Yeah. And that saying, like, walk a mile in someone else's shoes.
1: Yeah. You don't know how their day's been, what's going on in their life, Um, so many factors, and all you do is see your, you know, perspective. Um, You might have read something that set you off, so you're going to be in a shitty mood or someone's pitch- pissed you off at work, you come home with that energy. Um. It's all good and well saying this, and it takes a lot of work to get better, but, you know, I think we're doing an awesome job and just, like you said, chipping away at it, trying to strive to become better.
0: I'm going to say something really big and bold here. Uh Uh-oh. Do you think that it's mainly males that are really like it's my way or the highway, they find it really hard to see the other perspective. Do you think it's just males? Like like I said, I don't want you to think I'm just bashing males here, like I'm married to a male, I've got a male son, I've got a great dad. Like do you know what I mean? I've got lots of friends. But is it that it's men, it can be a lot to do with the men that they don't, they find it really hard to see and yeah. empathise?
1: Well, I think that's two two questions because you were going black and white empathise. <laughs> Um,
0: oh is that a whole other topic
1: yeah yeah. so the black and white yeah probably I think men are generally more black and white Uh, I think we're a much more logical brain to the female which is the empathetic style brain Um, I'm very much like what's wrong let's it's broken let's fix it like let's put it back together Um, but funnily enough the work that we're doing is part of building things back together, but it's not something most people would go for. Mm. But logically, you would sort of digest an argument and, and sort of, I don't know, just move on. But really, there's more work that needs to be done. Black and white, yeah. I mean, I know I can be quite black and white because if you make things black and white, I find it's more simple. It's when you create grey matter, it's like, okay, that opens a whole other dimension.
0: But that's literally what we... I don't want to say should be doing. Oh no, but like I agree. to be but not
1: always because sometimes things are black and white. That's so how like, I said that. <laughs> but no, like definitely, that grey matter does create confusion, and I think you know. So you're you...
0: saying that males are a bit more simple, and they well, get just confused.
1: no, they want to make like... it simple. Mm. Not they are simple. They yeah, make yeah. Simple. No, I don't it's mean
0: like, like they are simple. Yeah, way, you're and, right. then,
1: and then we can compartmentalize it and go well that's sorted that's black and white we we know that's black or that's white move on whereas you start creating this gray matter i feel like you're like well i don't really know what's going on or how we can fix this because we've got this unknown stuff going on you know Mm. um it's not really a question i think you can just answer straight off the bat, comes down to each argument. But, yeah, I think generally. But then, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of females out there that are quite, so. maybe it's a masculine thing and if they are a bit more in their masculine way, they might be more black and white. Mm. But, yeah, guys are fixers and and women are empathetic. See, Um, I'm a
0: fixer, though. Like, that's not one thing I'm trying to let go of.
1: You're an empath.
0: Yeah, but I'm also, like, someone who always goes into fix-it
1: mode too. When you're ready.
0: No, like that's what one of our big pressures is on. I just try and fix everything.
1: Oh, yeah. You know See, I, mean? I guess it, once again, it comes down to what you use it on because, yeah, mm. I know what you're saying. Like, that's more like relationship stuff. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's very interesting. interesting. It's yeah. very, and like you do kind of start to think like men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but it's not just that. It's like every person on this planet is different to you yeah. and has a different perspective. And I remember someone saying this to me, and I'll leave you with this. When you're walking around a horse and you're standing at one end and I'm standing at the other, you're going to see one end and I'm going to see the other end and we're going to see different, you know, different sides to the horse. Did that make sense?
1: I don't know where you're going with that. (laughs) You could have just said a human. I don't know our horse. Like you know, it's like, no, Okay, I'll
0: leave it for the experts to come on and talk about this stuff. You can probably delete that one. That one,
1: one. That <laughs> Brené, Brené Brown or something like that? Is that one of her?
0: No, I was trying to explain. Like, if we're all looking at a horse, we would see it from a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's wrap that. up. Oh, wrap my, wrap myself
1: up. Um, <laughs> Bloopers.
0: On that note, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming along for the ride. We would love to talk to you. We would love to know what is going on in your relationship. How can we help you communicate better? So please reach out to us if you're keen to get on the pod and share your story as a couple, maybe as a guy, if you're listening to this today and you're like, oh, I'm fucking not black and white. You know, I don't think like that. And so was that that was my impersonation of you.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how you said it was like very black and white.
0: <laughs> so jump on uh, the podcast in the show notes. You'll be able to watch these sessions in full. You'll be able to get all the homework as well. Uh, you'll also be able to store kitchenlanguage.com.au. Simone, our sweary bitch, who has sent us a whole bunch of really funny merchandise, obviously for Potty Mouths and 18+. Use the code love for free shipping and if you are loving this podcast we ask could you please rate and review it wherever you listen thank you so much we love you bye